We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes this morning. If you want to turn there, we're still in chapter 1. Just to remind you, last week um, Solomon acted as the scientist. He told us about the futility of the wind and the sun and the water, how everything just cycles. The world is a closed system that just cycles. And then he told us that he was the historian and said that everything that is today has been before. There's nothing new under the sun. History itself is a closed book where it just cycles like nature does. So today we're going to look at Solomon the philosopher. He wants to ask and answer some of the great questions in life. So I was thinking about some of the great questions in life. See if these make your list of great questions in life. Do we call it an orange because of its color, or is the color named for the fruit? If you try to fail and succeed, which one have you done? Why do we park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? Why do they call the place where you get on the airplane the terminal? Are these not the kind of questions that go through your mind? Because they're the kind that go through mine. Why does the word ambiguous only have one meaning? No? Nobody? <laughs> All right, so clearly you're not thinkers like me. <laughs> you don't think about these total waste of time. But, but, but Solomon wants to, wants to apply everything that he's learned about wisdom and folly, and he wants to apply it to life. And so we're going to see that at, starting in verse 12, and we'll go read through 18. So Sol, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, starting in verse 12. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart is, has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I applied my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly. I perceive that this also is but striving for the wind. For in much wisdom is vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So, let's start out. First of all, there's an old saying that says it's good to be king. And in, and in uh, Solomon's case, there's no question, because he has the opportunity, the means... The, uh, the resources. He can apply himself to all of this stuff. He has time. He has the resources. He has everything he needs to just apply himself to this search for wisdom and folly. You and I don't have that kind of time or resources, but it's good to be king. And, and so he says he didn't do this haphazardly. He didn't do it uh, kind of faint-heartedly. He, it says he applied his heart to seek and to search. Now to seek is to look at something close. It's microscopic like. And to search is, is casting the, the net wide. 
So he, he applied his heart, his whole being, to doing this search, this seeking wisdom. And notice that in verse 13, he says, all that's done under heaven. Now, this is the same thing in, in verses 1 through 11. He called it under the sun. Now he's calling it under heaven. It's the same principle, and that is he's contrasting life on earth versus the heavenly things, the earthly things versus the heavenly things. He's contrasting life apart from the, from the, the purpose and meaning of God and life in the purpose and meaning of God. Now, we have plenty of people these days, self-help gurus, who will tell you how to live this life better, right? But if they leave eternity out of the picture, then all they're trying to do is get you to live this meaningless life better. That's all it is. It's terrible advice. <laughs> Some of it certainly is good for you, I guess, nutrition, those kind of things, exercise. But, but if it leaves out eternity, then it is earthly advice that has no meaning and purpose. Remember what, what Solomon said uh, in, in chapter 12. After he does all of this search, he says, this is it. This is what it's all about. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So we got to remember as we study our way through Ecclesiastes that he finds what meaning and purpose is at the end. And he contrasts it for 12 chapters. <laughs> he tells us for 12 chapters how, how meaningless life can be apart from God. It's all vanity, a, a wisp of smoke, a, a vapor apart from God. So that, that is his conclusion. Life is hard. Solomon came to this great knowledge. Life's hard. He says it's an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. We are literally busy being busy. And we're good at it. If we're honest with ourselves, we're good at this. We are good at busy being busy. We can do that. That's in our comfort zone. We do that well. Busy being busy is, what, is the way he describes it and the way our lives generally run. Busy being busy. So Solomon picks up and says, <clears throat> and, and, and says it's, all of that is vanity and chasing after the wind. When it's all said and done, when we're all about busy being busy, it's all vanity, a vapor, a wisp of smoke, and chasing after the wind. And notice also that, he's, that he literally tells us that God has given this to us. He's given us this busy being busy. Why would he do that? Because he knows we need him. And so he knows the meaningless and purposeless life will, will drive our desire to know him. It will drive us to him. Augustine once said that there's a God-shaped space in each of us. And we try and fill that. We try and fill it with a lot of stuff. We try and fill it with busyness. We try and fill it with alcohol or drugs or sex or, or entertainment or power or influence or money or work or you name it. We try and fill this space that only God can fill. 
We have a God-shaped space in us that needs to be filled by God. And, and that's what, when, when Solomon tells us that we're just busy being busy, he's showing us that it's futile to be this way. That we must find God. We must fill that empty space in us, that God-shaped space, with God. It's the only way we're going to have a, a life that matters at all. So then he goes on. This is, this is Solomon, the, the philosopher. He wants to talk about the deep things now. So he says, what is crooked cannot be made straight. What is lacking cannot be counted. Philosophers for centuries have tried to find the meaning of life. And, and, and if, you've, if you know anything about philosophy, they essentially come back to, well, I am here, after all. That's pretty much their, their conclusion. We're just here. They, they can't find a meaning for why we're here. Science can't either. Science, uh, there are the naturalists, the scientists that say, well, it's all about procreation and continuation of the species. Well, then how do you explain the, the love between a, a man and his wife with, when the children are grown and gone? Science can't explain that because their job's done, right? They've procreated They've replaced themselves. They've continued the species, but they're still together. Why? Because science doesn't have an answer. Science doesn't have an answer for the purpose of life. Philosophy doesn't have an answer for the purpose of life. So when, when uh, Solomon says what's crooked cannot be made straight, there are things that cannot be straightened out. There are things so crooked we cannot straighten out are answers we are not going to get on this earth. They're just, it's just plain that way. And what's lacking cannot be counted. The best mathematician in the world cannot give you a, a, a solution to a problem when parts of, parts of the problem are missing. We're, we're missing critical information to solve the problem. Apart from God, life doesn't mean anything. It is literally vanity and, and chasing after the wind. It really is. Because there's nothing else for us. We have this God-shaped hole that must be filled by God. Once we know God, then we have purpose and meaning. So when Solomon says what, what's crooked cannot be made straight, what's lacking cannot be counted, I want you to think about this. Jesus came to do exactly this. The, the, the word for unrighteous in Hebrew is literally bent, twisted, or crooked. And the word for righteous in Hebrew is literally straight. So what did Jesus do? He came to make crooked, bent, twisted us straight before God. He literally came and made what's crooked straight. It's exactly why Jesus came. There's even a story in Luke 13 about this woman that was bent over with, with illness, doubled over with illness. And Jesus touches her and she straightens. That's exactly what happens to you and I. When we're touched by Jesus, we are made straight before God. He literally straightens the crooked and the bent and the twisted. That's why he came. 
And he also supplies what is lacking. What happened in the, in, when Jesus fed the 5,000? He took a, a boy's sack lunch and supplied what was lacking and fed thousands. Jesus came to, to make straight the crooked and to supply what was lacking. We had, prior to Christ, we had a gulf between us and God. And it was caused by our sin. Our relationship was broken as we, as we studied all through December and, and uh, Christmas time. We had this gulf that Jesus came and bridged. He, he supplied what is lacking. He straightens what is crooked. Jesus literally came to do this. So apart from Jesus, we are still crooked and lacking information. We're still crooked and lacking apart from Christ. Then, the, then he goes on and, and talks about wisdom and folly. And in verse 18 he says, For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. To increase knowledge is to increase sorrow. We have a, we have a way of saying this same thing. Ignorance is bliss. That's what we say. Ignorance is bliss. It's, it's how we say the same thing here. And we know this to be true. Have you ever just shut off the news because you just can't stand the knowledge of, uh, that, that you're receiving from it? You're receiving the knowledge of a broken world that is in turmoil, that is that hate, crime, war. It's all about that. And, and there's a point at which you just want ignorance. So you can sleep at night if you just turn the, 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 the news off because ignorance is bliss. That's what... That's what Solomon is saying. The more he knows, the more he knows he doesn't know. The, the, the greater wisdom he has, the more he understands there's things that, that cannot be filled that are lacking and things that are crooked that cannot be made straight. There are answers he's never going to get. We have them in Christ. The, the questions that, that Solomon poses are questions that are answered for us in Jesus Christ. He came to do exactly that, to make the crooked straight and to, and to supply what was lacking. He came to give us a life of meaning and purpose. He came to give us a life that matters. So, so Solomon the scientist tells us the world is a closed system, endlessly cycling. Solomon, the historian, tells us that life is a closed book and that everything that has been will be and everything that is has been endlessly cycling. Solomon, the philosopher, says there are no answers to the great questions of life, but Christ comes as the wisdom and power of God and answers our questions. He answers our needs makes straight what was crooked. He fills up what was lacking. He makes us whole, which we are not apart from him. So let me ask you, what you're, what, if, if you look at your life right now, are you busy being busy? Or are you living the purpose and meaning of Christ in your life? 
I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment and consider this. The first question is, do you still have that God-shaped space in you that needs to be filled? Because it can be. It's a simple prayer. You can fill that space with Christ, with life, with meaning, with purpose. It's a simple prayer. You can follow along in your own words and say, God, I, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to make crooked me straight before God. That he came to supply what I'm lacking. That he came to fill the God-shaped space in me. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and fill that God-shaped space If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Come and let me know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but it still feels like you're lacking. It still feels like you're just busy being busy. Will you take a moment right now and ask God to to remind you of his meaning and his purpose in your life? Father, we are good at being busy, being busy. And so I ask that you help us to identify that in our lives and that you show us your meaning, your purpose for our life. That we, we might have a life of meaning and purpose. We thank you for Christ who straightens what's crooked and who supplies what's lacking. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.